As the province continues to pursue these reforms, it will not be limited by conventional thinking that stifles innovation and preserves a status quo that struggles to respond to growing challenges and changing needs. Instead, guided by the best evidence and the successes of other jurisdictions, your government will take bold action that prioritizes patients and their health above all else. It's what Ontarians deserve. It's what the women and men working on the front lines of our health system need. All right, that's Elizabeth Dodswell, Dodswell rather, who is a lieutenant governor of Ontario yesterday in the throne speech talking about health care fixes. They're not going to be limited by conventional thinking. And uh, welcome to the show. It's good to have you along on the Kelly Cotrera Show. If you're listening in Hamilton at 900 CHML, in London at 980 CFPL, and in Toronto at 640 Toronto, uh, you know by now that we have a bit of a situation going on. Depending on where you are or if you have been, uh, you know, in some remoter c- communities, um, you know, throughout the summer, you may have noticed that ERs have closed down or limited their hours. That is tragic. We need a fix to this, and we do need to think outside the box. There's not one solution to what's going on in healthcare right now. But Justin Bates is CEO of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and he joins the Kelly Cotrera Show right now to talk about the fact that in January, the Ontario government is expanding the scope of practice for pharmacists and their ability to prescribe medications for minor ailments. He believes things should be sped up to take some of the pressure off the healthcare system right now. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Great to be with you. Before we get to how you th- would like things expedited uh, for pharmacists, can you run down the changes that are coming in the new in the new year? Yeah, and there are certainly welcome changes. So lots of progress has been made over the last several months to get this over the finish line. So starting... On January 1st of 2023, there will be 13 what are considered to be common or minor ailments that pharmacists will be able to assess and treat for. And it's everything from things like urinary tract infection <clears throat> to treating GERD um, and also things like insect uh, and tick bites and hemorrhoids. Um, so there's quite a comprehensive list uh, and it's a great starting point to try to keep people out of emergency departments or um, waiting uh, a long time to get a primary care physician appointment. Some of these things need to be taken care of right away. Anybody who's had a urinary tract infection knows it is you want to get at that right away and uh, shut it down. The other thing is tick bites. Uh, they're pretty important that you treat as immediately as you can. So I can see the necessity for speed here. How's that going to alleviate some of the pressure on the healthcare system? Yeah, on the outset, um, you mentioned that there's not a single solution to what ails our burdened uh, healthcare system. So this isn't a panacea, but it is an important step to try to keep people out of uh, presenting themselves for uh, conditions and uh, ailments that can be basically be served in the community closer to where they work and live. Um, and it's all about access, right? It's about choice and access. And I think all healthcare providers need to be practicing to the maximum of their education and expertise. And that includes pharmacists. And a, and a recent UOT study demonstrated that up to one-third of hospital emergency department visits could be diverted into the community with uh, programs like minor ailments. So that would make an impact. And the sooner that we can start doing things like that, um, the better we'll be in terms of creating more capacity in the system. 
What would that look like, uh, Justin? I'm trying to figure this out. Say I was bit by a tick. I walk into your pharmacy. Am I going to, can I just walk in and see a pharmacist and sit down? Am I going into a waiting room or uh, am I going to have to book an appointment to see my pharmacist before they prescribe something for, you know, one of the 13 um, ailments that you're allowed to treat in the new year? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and it will be implemented uh, consistently and in a standard fashion across all of the community pharmacies that will be participating in the program. Most will utilize um, a combination of a walk-in on-demand type service uh, with a, an appointment-based model. So similar to what we've seen in the rollout of the vaccine program for COVID and COVID testing, most pharmacies have an online booking system now to try to streamline and make it more efficient so that you're not seeing chaos and lineups in, in pharmacies. Uh, and so a similar model would be implemented for this. And most pharmacies, if not all now, have implemented operationally a separate area. Some are semi-private, some are fully private, and you're going to see an acceleration of that so that you can have that one-on-one uh, counseling opportunity with the uh, pharmacist in a private and confidential way. You trying to replace family doctors? Not at all. In fact, uh, this is a complementary channel, um, and we work very collaboratively uh, and interprofessionally with physicians. This is going to allow um, the right person to be in the right place at the right time in the physician's chair in the hospital and occupying the beds. What you don't want is bed blockers. You don't want people who are clogging up our system when it's so overburdened that could be served elsewhere. And it's just about creating more access, and it's about convenience and uh, capacity within our system. Will this be covered by the government? Well, that's a key question, right? And it's something that we continue to discuss collaboratively with the ministry. Um, our hope and, and our ask is that we don't want to create a scenario where there's barriers to access, where your socioeconomic status will determine whether you can afford to access this new service. If we're going to truly create capacity, we need it to be equitable access in remote communities, urban, and in every setting. So that's going to require public funding to be allocated. Uh, and that's what basically all the other provinces have done. We're kind of playing a bit of catch-up in Ontario, uh, even with the cautious approach of only 13 conditions. But we believe it should be publicly funded. Justin, thanks so much for walking us through this. I wish you the best of luck with getting things sped up. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Justin Bates, CEO of the Ontario Pharmacists Association on The Kelly Cotrera Show.